Hello, and welcome to the Built Revolution Residential Podcast, brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group. We live our lives in the built environment. Our homes provide the places for our families to grow, our friends to laugh, and for us to be refreshed and recharged. We hope that you enjoy and you may be inspired by great conversations about innovation, change, challenges, and solutions with thought leaders, inventors, change agents, and other industry friends. Join the conversation to improve our industry. Today, I'm speaking with my colleague, Clark Ellis, principal and founder of Continuum Advisory Group. We'll be talking to him today about one of the articles he wrote for Builder Online entitled, A Fresh Take on Change Management. It's a pleasure to have you, Clark. Thanks, Mona. It's great to be here with you. What I liked about this article is you divided change management, which is a salient topic for so many builders, as well as virtually any industry organization trying to do something new or different. And you focus in on two areas, getting unstuck and then making it work. So I'd love to hear more from you today about how that's getting done and what's really the impetus for for even doing these things. Well, thanks, Mona. Um, Before I jump into those two aspects on change management, I want to underline um, how important change management is as a discipline and a little bit of why. If you think about where we are in 2019 heading into 2020, uh, the business environment is increasingly volatile for home builders. I mean, if you think about uh, demand, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, frankly, around demand over the next few years. Uh, very likely to see some slowdowns, uh, if, if not corrections. The content of demand shifting, you've got a lot more entry-level buyers trying to enter the market. Uh, you've got tons of cost pressure, uh, both on the land side and on the construction cost and labor side. And you've got technology changing. And and mixed into all of this, uh, the customer's expectations in terms of the experience uh, that they demand to have from the home builder continues to ratchet up. You know, they expect a lot more uh, hand-holding, a lot more touch from the builder, and they've gotten very sophisticated about how they evaluate and how they give feedback uh, on those those builders and how they make decisions, you know, about which which builder they're going to select, which house they're going to buy. And those things make a huge difference to builders. And so with all of this change... Uh, if you don't have a good, solid, coherent way to manage change the discipline, just as importantly as your purchasing discipline, your sales discipline, uh, your construction discipline, your land management or land acquisition and, and development, you really are going to be at a disadvantage. So that's I wanted to make that point, Mona, before we, we jump right in. Yeah, absolutely. I think this, this lays an important groundwork for why go about this whole process because it, it does take investment. It does take time. You, you talked about uh, getting unstuck. And so uh, right now in our practice, uh, you work with a number of home builders. The easy part in most of these consulting engagements is uh, evaluating where the builder is, understanding how their processes are working and where the opportunities are, where the needs are uh, for improvement and change. The hard part is figuring out how do we prioritize this stuff and how do we make sure that we're focused on what the right aspects are, because if you don't and you don't put a good uh, process behind it, you will get stuck. And we and we see this uh, where you know builders or organizations start out with lots of energy, you know, lots of enthusiasm around the change effort, um, and after you know a month or two months, for whatever reason, the the change effort kind of grinds to a halt. Um, and there's a lot of things that, that can cause that. But one of the things that, that we found in our consulting practice, and we actually uh, have also you know, been able to research, uh, is this whole idea of you know, getting teams unstuck. And what's interesting is it underlines how much, how, how much importance there is on collaboration. 
which I would call change management discipline and collaboration maybe is more of a skill uh, that needs to be nurtured you know, throughout the organization, whereas change management is more of, more of a discipline, if that makes sense. What, what, what's interesting is people don't get stuck intellectually to the same extent uh, when they're in groups versus as individuals. Uh, you know, all of us can think of a time when we were working on a project or working on a paper or you know, trying to get something done, and we just got stuck. Uh, we, we didn't know where to go next. And what's interesting is the research shows that when you're working in a collaborative cross-functional team, uh, that doesn't happen as often because you've got you know, team members right there uh, to pick you up when you get stuck. You know, to brainstorm, to offer uh, alternatives, to offer ideas. Sometimes they're they're also just uh, you know offering their sympathy <laughs> at uh, <laughs> being stuck, which is, which can be a great thing. Um, and you know, collaborative teams really are able to capitalize on the strengths and weaknesses of the individuals in the group to find a way around or under or over or through these obstacles. And so you know the first I talked about that first step of having a really well prioritized set of initiatives to work on. The second thing that's just as important is making sure you've got the right mix of people and the right collaborative teams working on things, and you don't have a situation where you've got individuals kind of off off on their own in space with a list of things tasks to get done that are in addition to their day to day tasks and day to day job duties because that is a recipe for getting completely stuck in the quicksand and, and, and watching your change management efforts just completely fall apart. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Great. And one of the interesting things too is um, in this research that was done in Sweden, uh, they found that it wasn't always the most knowledgeable members of the team that helped the group get past obstacles. So I think another, another mistake we often make in putting together these teams is we try to get the most experienced and knowledgeable people involved, which is great but we'll overburden them a lot of times when in fact, if we bring a mix of people to these teams, some of the people with less experience and knowledge actually are better at helping us get through things. Sometimes it's blissful ignorance. Uh, sometimes it's being willing to ask, you know, what might be considered a dumb question um, or come up with a, with an out of the box idea. So that's another thing to, to think about uh, two benefits. A, you, you don't overburden your most experienced and most knowledgeable staff. And B, it's a great platform for developing your organizational muscle, bringing in those people that are that are younger or less experienced or who are trying new things and giving them a platform to grow themselves into the, the managers and the leaders that you need uh, to keep the company viable and, and, and growing and, and moving into tomorrow. Well, this is an interesting point you bring up, Clark, because uh, since this article is published, actually, um, we've probably heard a lot about Google's project Aristotle which is really yep. Google's approach to empirically validating as an AKA we tested it and measured this with numbers um, to understand what's the highest performing team. And so some of those things that you described, uh, they use different language around it, but being able to ask those dumb questions and uh, being able to depend on your team members, reliability, things like that um, actually played into it more so than the average knowledge on the team or average IQs or experience or things like that. So what you described is actually that leading empirically validated best practice. And I think that's very important to note. You know, and to your point, you know, Google uh, to a large degree has managed to, to quantify and validate um, what without that validation sometimes looks like magic, right? I mean, if you, if you, you look at a great team, a really effective team, sometimes like, wow, how in the world are they doing that? Um, and they, they've done a great service by, by pulling apart, you know, the elements uh, of that magic and, and showing how it can be actually driven, you know, intentionally and developed and nurtured and managed. So that's, that's, a, that's a great point. Absolutely. It helps too in the court of public opinion where you have 
different business leaders having different opinions. And I think that it's important to bring this to the fore because there's a way to do it. Now we, we understand more than what we did maybe 10 years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, one, one of the things that, that I've written a lot about and, uh, and focus a lot on, you know, in our practice uh, is that skill you know, of collaboration. And it's something, it's a group, it's a group sport, but it's also an individual sport. Unfortunately, particularly in, in the building industry and in the broader construction industry, we haven't typically worked on that, the collaboration muscle a whole lot. Uh, it tends to be you know, adversarial, uh, you know, kind of a culture, culture where we hold our cards close to the vest. The reality is in the fast moving project environment um, or community environment we're working in, uh, the, the change environment that, that we referenced earlier, transparency, sharing information, collaborating, uh, helping somebody see a problem before they, they actually, you know, suffer from the problem, you know, pointing out and avoiding it. Yeah. These are all collaborative behaviors and things that we need to, to work on that, that actually support not just change management. They're, they're really critical, mission critical for the business in general, you know, kind of moving forward. So I think we were going to talk a little bit about, about making it work. Um, and I think we've, we've covered um, a lot of that. The one thing I, I do want to make a point is that when once you've got the right team engaged, you've kind of you've kind of gotten unstuck. One of the most important things is, in keeping it on on track and making it work is having some people that are involved in the change initiative who are engaged with the teams but aren't actually members of the teams. And this can be an outside resource or it can be someone inside the company uh, whose actual job is to keep their eye on the ball with the process. And what I mean by that is. They're making sure that the meetings are happening uh, on, on the right cadence. So, you know, if we're supposed to meet every other week uh, for an hour at eleven o'clock, you know, on Friday, you know, somebody needs to make sure that happens. Somebody may, needs to make sure that we're getting good attendance. Somebody needs to make sure the agenda's there. I mean, all, all of these basic things. Um, and then during the meeting themselves, you know, this person you could call them a facilitator. Uh, you know, playing the role of making sure that the team remains focused. Uh, on moving moving forward, uh, you know whatever the purpose of the meeting is. If if it's a, a, a an update meeting where we're just sharing information, if it's a decision making meeting where we're presenting information and making decisions, what, whatever the purpose of that meeting is, somebody has to make sure that we're hitting that purpose. By the same token, somebody needs to make sure that you know all those little details, our action item lists, you know our to do lists, whatever whatever you call them. Um, are getting documented and we're making progress and we're reporting out uh, and that there's communication happening, not just within a team, but amongst teams and ultimately up to the executive level and making sure those executives are getting the information they need to know what's going on with the change management. You know, where do they need to participate? Do they, do they need to help or do they just need to celebrate uh, you know, what's going on and make sure that, that people understand that, that they care, that they're engaged and they're, they're part of the process. So having somebody involved in that role, the facilitator, uh, of leader, uh, to make sure all of this stuff is happening is really what, you know, helps to prevent more teams getting stuck and keeps that momentum going that defines, you know, a great change management discipline. I'd say one thing to add too, based on some of our experience as well is having that outside experience, uh, facilitator, sometimes uh, it's remo- that person may be removed from the politics of that particular team or that particular organization. Yeah. And sometimes it can also act as buffers. So for example, if something controversial comes up, if somebody on the team voices something that maybe executive leadership is 
Um, you know, it, there's a perception that executive leadership may not be ready to hear that information communicated. Yep. Then yep. the facilitator can actually be that liaison to the executive team, sort of anonymize what's going on on the team, but really raise these issues in a very, um, a very dispassionate way that should be heard best by executive leadership. Because sometimes really important problems come out of those sessions. And then there's that hesitation within the team about how, you know, who on this team is going to communicate that message. And so the facilitator almost is very emotionally intelligent around that as well as being technically skilled. You know, I think that that's a, that's a fantastic point um, because those are, we, we could talk about this for hours, you know, and, uh, and I have, <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> I know you have. And it, cause it's, well, it's fun uh, and, it, and it's important. But, um, you know, there, there's so many of these little nooks and crannies where productivity, you know, can just fall into and disappear. And you, you've just given a great example of where, you know, you, you've got something bad news, you know, however, however you want to you want to characterize it, that you don't think it's going to be popular as, as you go up the chain. And very often, you know, the, the culture may, you know, kind of maybe not, not even a negative culture, but no, nobody likes to be the one that delivers, uh, you know, news that uh, is not going to be received well, or you don't think it's going to be received well. But the, the reality is for leaders to make good decisions, they've got to know what's really going on. And so, you know, ha- having someone there that to your point can kind of detach a little bit emotionally, you know, from the actual topic um, and can divorce it from any one individual on a team. So no one, no one's really getting undermined or hung out to dry, but it still is getting the message you know, up to up to leadership where it needs to go uh, is is a critical element uh, of again making it work and keeping the momentum going. Because for any change management effort, it's kind of like a shark, right? You know, most sharks need to keep swimming in order for water to go over their gills for them to be able to breathe. We we know there's there's some that, that actually don't don't have to do that, but that's sort of the the analogy. Change management is like a shark. If if it stops moving, um, it's going to die. And that's, you know, just keeping things moving, preventing these little nooks and crannies from becoming, you know, valleys or, or chasms, you know, where, where, where whole teams fall into and never come back is, is a really critical you know, element of, of change management and leadership. Well, Mona, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, as you can tell, I really enjoy talking about these topics and uh, look forward to continuing the dialogue. Uh, and I just want to emphasize to anybody that's out there listening uh, please reach out if you've got questions or comments. I uh, would love to hear how your change management uh, processes are working uh, and be able to offer any insights that we can to help them become even better. If you're interested in downloading the original article that this podcast was based off of, it's available off of Builder Online. It's called A Fresh Take on Change Management, written by Clark Ellis. And the link to this particular article will be in the description of the podcast. Again, thank you for your time. We look forward to having you listen to our next podcast. This has been the Built Revolution Residential Podcast, brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group. Thank you for listening, and please stop by again as we bring great conversations about the home building and residential real estate development and construction industries to you. 